If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 5. And if not, we'll have it up on the screen. It's all right. Over the past few weeks, we have been talking about our mission as a church. And to be really transparent with you, it's not that I need to rehearse that, and it's not that I need to refresh that. We share it because it is what we believe that we are supposed to be accomplishing as a body of believers. And so it's really important that this sinks deep into your heart. And it's really important that uh, you get to know this by heart. And you are the one that are carrying out as the church, as the body, the mandate that God has given us. So our mission statement is this as a church. We are one church multiplied, helping people discover purpose, direction, and fulfillment. One church multiplied. We mean that physically. Uh, we know that part of our, our vision plan is to have multiple spots, multiple locations. But doesn't the word also tell us to go and make disciples? And it's a really important part to understand that we need to be multiplying ourselves all the time into someone else. Making disciples of other men and other women. But then we want to help people discover purpose, genuine purpose. Why am I here? Why do I exist? Why do I feel like I'm just kind of uh, living the movie Groundhog Day over and over again? It's understanding genuine, sincere purpose and actually having a direction to follow. Being able to have some help in taking my next steps. And then the last one, which we are going to talk about today, is fulfillment. And I think this is a really polarizing word, this word called fulfillment. Have you ever thought about it? And I really want to encourage you this morning. I really want you to think about it. Think about that word, fulfillment. What will it take for you on a heart level, and I mean this very sincerely because you're the only one that can answer this, what would it take for you to genuinely be fulfilled on a heart level? Sincerely. Now, a lot of us, here's where we will default. We'll default to say, you know what, I think I would really be fulfilled if I had a lot of money in my bank account. Can I tell you guys something just real quick? I've, I've said this before. I promise I'll, I'll end up saying it again. Money only magnifies what you already are. So here's what I mean by that. If, if you are a bad money manager with a little bit of money, you're going to be a terrible money manager with a lot of money. If you were a jerk with a little bit of money, guess what? You're going to be an even bigger jerk with a lot of money. Money only magnifies what you are. It doesn't fix anything. It just magnifies what's already existing. That's, that's why you can read in a lot of the newspapers and a lot of the articles about this person, uh, this movie star, this, this somebody that you would think, man, they've got everything trying to commit suicide because all that does is magnify what's really going on on the inside. Well, maybe if I had a better job with, you know, a little bit more status, uh, whatever. I'm, I'm going to give you a nugget that I really want to encourage you. If you're taking notes, write this down. Is the fact that you can never solve an internal issue, an internal problem with an external solution. Let me say it again. You can never solve an internal problem with an external solution. It doesn't work. We can't take something external and try to fix something on a heart level because that's internal. It doesn't work. 
So it is the reality that I, I need you to understand if you are asking the question, what will it take for me to really be satisfied? And you start thinking through that. See, most people, unfortunately, they like to kind of immediately just divert to an external solution. Man, if I had a better job, well, if I lived in a better house, or maybe if I lived in a different location, or you can never solve an internal problem with an external solution. And here's the reality of what most of us do. We've never really thought about what it would take to genuinely be satisfied, so what we think about are just the things we don't like. Well, you know, if I just had a different spouse. Well, you know, if I just, I don't really like this part right here. And we kind of think through fulfillment by what we don't like. It's weird. But have you ever legitimately sat through and thought to yourself, Man, what's going to really make me happy on a heart level? Genuinely, sincerely, on a heart level. I will tell you this. God has a very interesting way of revealing what's in your heart. A very interesting way. And he always seems to do it in the most unusual or unlikeliest of ways and times. But if you would, Luke chapter 5, verse 1 This is, according to the Gospel of Luke, this is Peter's second interaction with Jesus. Again, we're only in chapter 5, so we're we're early in the book. But I love Peter. Peter is one of my most favorite people in the Bible because I think Peter is extremely relatable. You know, and just bear with me. I love, you know, like the story about Jesus splitting the Red Sea. But there's part of that that it's not relatable to me. I, I, can't, I can't really even fathom that. I love hearing stories about how, uh, how Moses stood on a rock and struck it and water came out. That, that's really a neat, cool story, but it's a little bit unrelatable to me. I love hearing about how Samson ripped the, the gates off of, of cities and carried them with his, with his bare hands, but it's a little bit unrelatable to me. But Peter is relatable. Somebody that constantly sticks his foot in his mouth. That's relatable to me. Somebody that's fiery and passionate, but yet that tends to get him in trouble quite a bit more often than not. That's relatable to me. Somebody that will pull his sword out to defend and cut somebody's ear off, although I've never personally done that. I feel like that's a little bit relatable to me if I had one. That was a joke, by the way. It doesn't get any better, so that's about it. Peter is really relatable to me. So we have this guy here in, in Luke 5. And I'm going to start in verse 1. It says, One day as Jesus was preaching on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, Simon Peter, its owner to push it out into the water so he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there when he finished speaking he said to Simon now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish master Simon replied we worked hard all last night and we didn't catch a thing but if you say so I'll let the nets down again and this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear 
A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Now, again, I I love Peter. I mean, Peter's pretty real. Peter's pretty raw, pretty transparent. But Peter was also... Let's, let's engage here into the story. Peter was also a successful businessman. I would even venture to say moderately wealthy for those days and for that, uh, for that area. Again, owned his own business, probably a hand-me-down from his father. Owned his own boats, owned his own equipment, his own nets, and had employees. And again, for this region, for this area, pretty successful businessman. Seemed to have it all going fairly well. No real complaints. No real highs or no real lows. Just would appear to be average, lunch pail, hardworking kind of guy. But let me say it again. I think Jesus has a remarkable way of revealing what's in our hearts, even at times when we don't even realize to the extent of what's in there. It's one of the reasons why, again, I asked you, what does being fulfilled on a heart level look like to you? So, again, we, we've, got, we've got Peter here. Good man, again, hard worker, respectable business, good family, a family man, has a family. And now all of a sudden, we got Peter coming in contact with Jesus. And the reality that, man, Jesus, when you bring Jesus on the scene, things change. There's never an example in the scriptures where Jesus shows up and something doesn't change. Amen? And that's a great promise for us today because you get Jesus on the scene and something's going to change in your life. Amen? But we, we got this man, and listen, if you really want to experience fulfillment in your heart, you're going to have to do the same thing that Peter was told to do. And it was in verse 4, and here's what it says. Jesus tells him, now go out where it's deeper. Go out where it's deeper. Can I tell you this? The shore typically for us represents comfort. It represents familiarity. And it represents where we typically live life in this story. But if you're serious about wanting to be fulfilled on a heart level, if you legitimately have a desire to have your, your uh, innermost heart fulfilled, then you're going to have to go deeper than where you're at right now. You're going to have to go a little bit deeper than what's comfortable to you. You're going to have to go a little bit deeper than what's familiar to you. Because the reality is you can live life safe on the shore and just keep being that lunch pail type of person where life just kind of is what it is. Or you can be challenged like Peter was to go a little bit deeper. Now, as soon as this happens... 
a big battle starts going on right here in Peter's, Peter's mind. Because you, you hear him put voice to it. And, and I'm going to paraphrase. You guys okay with that? Because, again, I like to make these stories real, but I like to make them mine. And so I, I, I feel like I can so understand what, what Peter's going through in this moment. And he's sitting here like, this is unbelievable. I just worked my tail off. I haven't slept at all. We fished all dang night. We didn't catch a thing. I'm a little bit ticked off about that because I still got to pay my employees and I still got to eat and we didn't catch nothing, but we worked our tails off. And now all of a sudden, this man, whom I've only met now for the second time, according to the book of Luke, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do? See, that's what happens to all of us, especially on a Sunday morning. You have somebody standing up here saying, you're going to have to go a little bit deeper than what you're comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, yeah, Pastor, you know what? I tried that, and it didn't work out really all that well. You know what? Yeah, I tried that, you know, church thing, and it hasn't really done much for me. You know, I tried that tithing thing. I, I was expecting a check to fall out of the sky and nothing happened. I've, you know, I've, I've tried that life group thing, but I don't know. I just felt, it felt a little weird. I've tried that. Let me give you another little nugget real quick. Your experience is your experience, but it doesn't make it truth. Just because it's your experience doesn't make it truth. It just makes it your experience. Amen. There's the reality that a lot of us have experienced things that a lot of us wish we wouldn't have had to go through. It doesn't make them truth. It just makes it the reality of our journey and our experience. But your experience will work against you when you hear the voice of the master saying, come on. Come on! Come a little bit deeper. Oh, you know what? I think I tried that. I don't know if I want to do that. See, the battle rages because Peter says, we fished all night. Here's another thing that will go against you. Your experience will work against you, but here's another thing that will go against you. Man, this this is good nuggets here. I didn't share any of this with first service. Here's another thing that will work against you, your knowledge. Because your, your knowledge tries to tell you, you know, not only have I experienced something, but your knowledge is working against you. And, and listen to it in Peter's voice. I'm a captain. I own this company. Who's this guy? This, this guy's not a fisherman. I know what the heck I'm doing. I've thrown this net a thousand times. I've had these boats in and out so much. I, I'm a captain. I know what I'm doing. I was just out, I was just out there where you're telling me to go, and nothing happened. Who's this guy think he is? This doesn't make any sense based off of what I just did for the past 10 hours. Come on, are you with me? And, and listen, every time you're challenged to move past where you're at right now, you always have this right here trying to talk you out of it. Anytime that the voice of your Father, the voice of your Savior is beckoning you, come on, come a little deeper. You'll have this thing trying to talk you out of it. Ah, you know, uh, I tried that. I think I'd rather just get a divorce rather than 
try to let God heal my marriage. I think I'd rather just declare bankruptcy than let God be the Lord of my finances. You'll have this thing talking. Anytime, anytime you're challenged to come a little bit deeper, you'll have this thing talking. Peter, thank God, does this. He says, nevertheless, I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to take a chance on you. I'm going to take a chance on you, Jesus. Now, here's, here's what's interesting about this. I, I told you, this is Peter's second interaction with Jesus. If you go back to chapter 4, we actually have a record of Jesus rolling through town and Peter's mother-in-law is sick. And this is in, in the latter part of chapter 4. And so Peter's mother-in-law is sick. And by all intents, when you're reading it, I, she's really sick, like on death's door, kind of sick. And Jesus, the scripture says, he comes to Peter's house and heals the woman to the extent that not only is she kind of knocking on death's door, but that girl gets up healed and starts serving all the people in the house. Can I give you another quick little nugget? The blessings of God aren't just for you. They're to be used through you to bless somebody else. Well, that was customary, Pastor. That's what she should have done. It's not customary after you were on death's door in the bed. Amen? I mean, every respectable person would have said, hey, why don't you rest a little bit? And she's sitting there saying, no, no, no. Jesus healed me. I don't want to be in that bed any longer than I had to be in that bed. I will gladly get up and bless you with what I just got blessed with. It is the reality that, listen, the blessings of God are not there just for you. They're there to be a blessing to someone else. I've got a little personal saying, I learned it in Bible school, that even the pipe gets wet. So just know this. The blessing is for you to bless somebody else, but the beauty is even the pipe gets wet. Even you get wet from the blessing that is traveling through you. So just know that. Now the scripture doesn't say anything like Peter was there, they talked, the implication is, because we know he was at Peter's house, the implication is Peter was probably there. And even if he wasn't, I guarantee you he heard about it as soon as he came home. So this is the second interaction. And you, and you got Peter standing on the shore. He said, all right, I'm going to do this. But know this, listen, I, I, I have been and I am a business owner. And the reality is this. There's been several times. I used to own a moving company. And we, would, it's, we had a policy that if we broke it, we were going to replace it. And major van lines don't have that policy. They give you uh, pennies on the dollar according to the insurance you buy. So I was really strict with my employees because if they broke it in negligence, they replaced it out of their paycheck. Now, some employees weren't really fond of that policy. But it was the reality of, if you're going to work here, this is what it is. You know, there's a couple of times where I had to look at my employees that just brought furniture out and just uh, wrapped it and just set it in there, and, and there's an art form to stack in the truck, and I would tell them, take that stuff down and do it again. That's going to break in transit. Take it down, do it over. You know what? Employees aren't generally happy when you hear that. There have been times where our media team has brought stuff, 
And I've had to look them right in the eyes and say, uh-uh, do it again. That's not normally a popular conversation. Can we agree with that? So you got the element of Peter's knowledge base working against him saying, I just don't know. We've been out here all night. We didn't catch anything. But now the guys just got the nets clean. And if I tell them to go out again and throw the nets again, we got to clean them all over. We got to mend them again. And so he's got all this. And he says, nevertheless, I'll send them out. They throw the nets. They catch so much fish, they can't even haul it into one boat. They're filling two boats. And, and you got to understand, are there any fishermen in here Fisherwoman, fisherman, anybody that... Have you ever thrown a cast net? Anyone? Okay, a couple of us have. I have as well. If you're not very good at it, it tends to go in a banana. And, and not just that part, but if you do it for a while, man, your arm just starts to wear it out because you got to whip that thing around. And so Peter knew all that was involved, but still made the decision... I'm going to do it because there's something on the inside of me that I'm hungry for. There's still some stuff in here that I, it's not been fulfilled yet. There's still stuff in here that I want to see happen in my life. And this guy's done invaded my house. Now he's invaded my business. And man, I'm telling you what, the mother-in-law is as healthy as she's ever been. And I'm going to give this a whirl. They catch all these fish. I love Peter's response. Peter immediately, it says he, he goes to his knees. And he says, leave me alone. I'm a sinful man. Please leave me. I'm a sinful man. Can I tell you this? Most of you don't need anyone telling you what you've done wrong. Don't we all pretty much know that? Can I give you some quick marriage advice? You typically don't have to tell your spouse what they're doing wrong. They already know. But you saying it and reinforcing it doesn't help. You know what I've never had in marriage counseling? I've never had this. I, I'm just using a random example. I, there's nobody in here, I'm sure. Just a random example. I've, I've never heard this in a, in a marriage counseling you know what, Pastor, my husband, he just chewed me up one side and down the other, and, and he was really vulgar, honestly, and he cussed at me, and he chewed me out, and he did that for like a half hour, and after a half hour of that, I really came to my senses and realized he was right. <laughs> I've never heard it happen ever in my life. Amen? You don't... If you've spent any amount of time here at the Life Church, you've never heard me stand up here and try to point out your mistakes. It's not my job. It's the Holy Spirit's job. So you don't need me telling you what you're doing wrong. Don't we all pretty much have a pretty good idea of the areas we're hitting the mark and the areas we're missing the mark? I love Peter, though. Peter's like, look. I, I'm a sinful man. I don't have it all together. I'm not the best man. I'm not the best husband. I'm not the best business owner. Man, just leave me alone. I, I don't deserve that. Can I ask you a question? In regards to the story, what came first? God's goodness, Jesus' goodness to Peter or Peter's repentance? What happened first? Yeah, Jesus' goodness. 
Why? Because Romans 2 verse 4 says this. It is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. The goodness of God. And I love this. Because Jesus didn't come and say, hey, you stink. You're a yuck fisherman. Get cleaned up and then we'll talk. I love it because Jesus said, hey, quit your... Aren't sailors typically known as kind of a rougher group? I mean, that's a stereotype. I know it is, but I mean, Peter was a rougher guy. He didn't say, clean up your language, clean up your act, do all this, and then we'll have a conversation. He spoke to Peter right where he was. And Peter's sitting there saying, look, never have I felt more aware of my issues then right now, leave me alone. I, I don't deserve this. I looked right at a guy that used to come to church here. This was a couple of years ago. And I told him, and, and again, from one guy to another, you don't normally talk this way, and it's not like common language, and especially for me, it's got to be from the Spirit of God directing me. But we were praying about something. I looked right at him. I said, I want you to know I love you. And he looked at me, and he shook his head, and, and he got this kind of look on his face. He was like, how can you say that? You, you don't know what I've been doing. How can you tell me that? See, it's amazing because in the midst of God's goodness, we're never more aware of what we're doing wrong than in that moment. And he says, leave me alone, is my paraphrase. Depart from me. I'm a sinful man. But here's what Jesus says, and I love this. This is verse 10. I'm going to read it again. Jesus replies to Simon, and he says, don't be afraid. Now, I just felt compelled to study this out in the Greek. So if you study out this word in the Greek, the Greek was the original transcript of the New Testament. So if you study this out, it's remarkable how the Greek puts it because... Uh, the Greek adds a little bit more to it than what we've got here in English. So you could literally say it like this, how the Greek version reads. Jesus says to Simon Peter, don't be afraid because I'm not. Oh, I love it. Don't be afraid. I'm not afraid. I, I'm not repulsed. I'm not deterred. Don't be afraid. I see all your junk there, and I'm not scared of it. Don't be afraid, Peter. I see your mess. I see your discontentment. I see your frustration, but I'm not afraid of it. As a matter of fact, I want you on my team. I want you to be a part of what I'm doing. Yeah, but I got all this baggage and all these issues and I don't do this right and I still struggle with anger and I, and I don't believe and I, yeah, don't be afraid because I'm not. I'm not afraid of your mess. I'm not afraid of your baggage. Don't be afraid because I'm not. Yeah, but, no more yeah buts. Don't be afraid. I'm not. I'm not afraid of your issues. Man, isn't that encouraging to know that Jesus looked right at him and said, I'm not afraid of your junk and mess and issues. I'm not. Man, that is so encouraging to me. That's relatable to me. Because there are times where 
we all stand on the shore and we're like, what is the point? What is the purpose? I am frustrated. I don't feel like I have purpose. I don't really have any direction I'm going and I'm not satisfied. And you hear Jesus say, come on. Come on. Let's go a little bit deeper. Yeah, but I got stuff. Yeah, it's okay. I'm not afraid of it. Come on. Yeah, but Jesus, you you don't know where I was last night. Yeah, I know. Come on. If you really want to be fulfilled in here, then it is the reality that Jesus isn't afraid of the bag that you carry over your shoulder full of your junk. He doesn't care about the backpack you have on the other shoulder with all your issues. He doesn't care about that. As a matter of fact, it's the goodness that leads me to keep saying, I'm sorry, let me change that. Yeah, I'm sorry, we'll, we'll fix that. It's his goodness. It's almost as if there are times where he ignores my baggage and ignores my junk and says, it's okay, keep coming, because what's going to happen, whether you realize it or not, is on the journey, that stuff will just fall off. And you'll look around like, man, what did I... When did I stop cussing? I can't, it's not like I made this point like today, I'm going to stop. I just quit. My, my language changed. Man, when did that happen? On the journey? On the journey? And so you got a choice. You can stay comfortable and dissatisfied on the shore, or you can come a little deeper. Come a little deeper with me. Come on! Stop being frustrated. Stop being discontent. Stop picking things apart. Come on! Stop pretending like you're going to find an external solution to what your heart craves. It ain't going to happen. Come on! Come on! If you really want genuine heart fulfillment, the only place you're going to find it is in Christ. That's it. Do me a favor, if you would, and just bow your head for a moment because I want us to have a little bit of time here. I know that as you're sitting there, your, your mind at times can just seem like it's going 100 miles an hour. And there's, there's parts where you're sitting there saying, yeah, 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 pastor. Been there, done that, tried that. Pastor, I've been serving God longer than you've been alive. Okay, good for you. You can let your experience try to talk you out of it, and you can let your wisdom try to talk you out of it. Or you can do what we talked about last week, because it all goes together, and surrender. I know some of you have had some bad experiences. 
And I know some of you are in the midst right now of some real battles. And I know that there are probably plenty of you in this place right now that could lift your hand and say, I am not satisfied with life right now. I'm not satisfied with where I'm at right now. My heart is not fulfilled. And I'm, I'm searching. Again, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, we're, we're just having a conversation. What would make Peter leave everything? His job, his company, his stuff, his boats, his nets. He left it all. We're sitting right there on the shore. Because he finally found something, someone that could, fill, that could bring fulfillment to his heart. And it wasn't in the company, and it wasn't in the money, and it wasn't in the status, and it wasn't in all that. It was in Jesus. Jesus isn't looking for perfection right now. He's looking for a willing heart. Come on! Let's go a little bit deeper than where you are right now. Come on! Get out of what's comfortable. Come on! Take a chance on me. And if you're here this morning and you know that you don't have a relationship with the guy standing on the shore, we can have one right now. You, you can have a conversation, but know this. Jesus is going to stare you right in the eyes and try to convince him that you've tried it before. Try to. Try to convince him that you've got other stuff to do and you're just too busy. Try to convince him. He'll look you right in the eyes and say, come on. Let's go a little bit deeper. Come on. Stop playing games with me. Come on. Stop coming to church just to make you feel a little bit better. Come on. If you're here right now and you don't know the one that's calling you off of the shore, it's so simple. It's just being able to have a conversation to say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Right now, as I sit in this place, in this auditorium, Jesus, I am making a declaration that I need you in my life. I need you in my heart. I need you in my mind. I need you in every part. I need you come Monday morning. I need you at work. I need you. I'm not happy here on the shore. I need you. Now listen, whether 
whether you've known him at one time or you've never prayed that prayer. Jesus is not afraid of your junk. I don't care where you're at. I don't care what this past weeks look like. I don't care what the past couple of days look like. Don't be afraid because he's not. He's not afraid. He will gladly, and I mean gladly, invite you onto the team. Father, I pray that in this moment, for every man, woman, and child that is here, that they will never stop hearing those words from Jesus. Come on! Come on. Let's go further than where you're at right now. It's in Jesus' name we pray.